0: Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett.
1: Well, we are back with the afternoon edition here, hour number two on a Friday, uh, 610 KDAL radio with Sound Off. And again, if you want to be involved in the show today, you'd like your voice to be heard on any of the subjects we've been talking about or anything else for that matter, uh, simply give us a call, 218 722 0839. That's 218 218- Seven two two, oh eight three nine. Now, Kenny, I was watching. I told you I was watching the news uh, broadcast this morning when Biden was, uh, you know, giving us his backslap about what a wonderful job his administration has done to create jobs in the economy and everything is rosy. And don't forget about the stock market tank and forget about all the other issues going on. Uh, it, it's just a wonderful rosy deal. But the thing I missed, and I just saw it again, saw the end of it again here because uh, they're committing about it. Um, They asked the question, uh, Mr. President, Mr. President. He said, I'll I'll take some questions about the economy. The first, first one was, Mr. President, Mr. President, what about this balloon from communist China? What should we be doing about that? And he just walked off the stage. He just ignored the question was asked. He didn't say a thing about it. He just turned around and ponied his little self off the uh, off the dais there without answering a question. Now, I got to tell you, the first Republican candidate actually, uh, maybe other than Donald Trump, I guess Donald Trump has come out early and said he's going to run for president. But the only other one that has firmly stated, when, and she hasn't even really firmly stated, but she has a press conference set up, and that's Nikki, Nikki Haley a former U.S. Uh, U.N. ambassador under Donald Trump. Nikki Haley was asked this morning about this spy satellite, and uh, she had a very simple answer for it. Shoot it down. Just that. No other, th- no, maybe, or oh, we're going to analyze it or anything else. No, shoot it down. It's violating our strategic airspace, uh, and especially over some very sensitive Uh, nuclear facilities in Montana, it's time to get it out of there. So I don't know We're you know, the talking heads are debating it this morning and we'll see what's going on. But speaking of talking heads, Kenny, I want to do this because it is Friday and we always have a little bit lighter on Friday. This is not necessarily a joke, but I got it from one of our listeners the other day. And man, did it wake me up at the end of it. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you as quickly as I can. It's it's called, How Old is Grandpa? Now realize, I'm a grandpa. You know, so how old would grandpa be? Stay with me on this because the answer is at the end of it. And it just might blow you away like it did me. One evening, a grandson was talking to his grandfather about current events. The grandson asked his grandfather what he thought about the shooting at school, the computer age, and just things in general. Grandfather replied, well, let me think for a minute. I was born before television. I was as well. I was born before penicillin. I was born before polio shots, before frozen food, before Xerox, contact lenses, Frisbees, and the pill. There was no credit cards, laser beams, or ballpoint pens. Man had not invented uh, pantyhose. Air conditioners, dishwashers, clothes dryers, and the clothes were hung out to dry in the fresh air, and space travel was only in Flash Gordon comic books. Your grandmother and I got married first. Then we lived together. Every family had a father and a mother. Until I was, say, 25, I called every woman older than me, ma'am. And after I turned 25, I still called policeman, and every man with the title, sir. We were before gay rights, computer dating, dual careers, daycare centers, and group therapy. Our lives were governed by the Bible, good judgment, common sense. We were taught to know the difference between right and wrong and to stand up and take responsibility for our actions. Serving our country was a privilege. Living in this country was a bigger privilege. We thought fast food was eating half a biscuit while running to catch the school bus. Having a meaningful relationship meant getting along with other cousins. Draft dodgers were those who closed front doors as the evening breeze started. Time sharing meant uh, meant time the family spent together in the evenings and weekends. Uh, not purchasing condominiums. We never heard of FM radio, tape decks, CDs, electric typewriters, yogurt, or guys wearing earrings. We listened to big bands, Jack Benny, and the president's speeches on our radio. And I don't ever remember any kid blowing his brains out listening to Tommy Dorsey. If you saw anything with Made in Japan on it, it was junk. The term making out referred to how you did on your school exams. Pizza Hut, McDonald's, and instant coffee were unheard of. We had 5 and 10 cent stores where you could actually buy things for 5 and 10 cents. Ice cream cones, phones, phone calls, rides on the streetcar, and a Pepsi were all a nickel. And if you didn't want to splurge, you could spend your nickel on enough stamps to mail one letter and two postcards. You could buy a new Ford coupe for $600. You could af- Who could afford one? Too bad, because gas was $0.11 cents a gallon. In my days, grass was mowed, coke was a cold drink, pot was something your mother cooked in, And rock music was your grandmother's lullaby. Aids were helpers in the principal's office. Chips were meant as a piece of wood. Hardware were found in a hardware store. And software wasn't even a word. And we believed the last generation to actually believe that a lady needed a husband to have a baby. How old do you think I am? I bet you have this old man in your mind. Well, you might be shocked, uh, but actually you would have to be 76 years old to have all of that happen before you were born. That's pretty frightening. So when you think about that, all of those things, if you're 76 or older, uh, all of those things has happened during your lifetime. So it's like the guys from International said a week or so ago when we had them on the Let the Sawdust Fly and I, that's, I believe what they said without even blinking an eye, that we are going to see more changes in the next 10 years in technology than we've seen in our whole lifetime. Well, let, let's uh, let's get to Tom from over in Port Wing. Tom, good afternoon.
2: Well, good afternoon to you. And, uh, yes. yeah, I both of my grandparents uh, uh, or grandpas were born, one respectively, in 1877 and the other one in 1882. Wow! And I think back if they came back today and found this country in the condition that it's in, I think they would literally have a heart attack on the spot.
1: Yeah. Would they be amazed or would they be frightened? Probably a little bit
2: frightened. Yeah. I know I am, but the reason I called is uh, you know. This whole thing with this uh, balloon, and who's responsible for making the decision? Well, yesterday I heard that uh, Joe Biden uh, wanted to shoot it down, and he was, uh, you know, told not to. And I'm thinking, who's in command then?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: He's the (laughs) commander-in-chief, you know. Which which brings me to a whole other uh, word that I thought I would never use uh, on air to describe the president of the United States. But I have to say, yeah, he's a dunce. And I looked up the word in my Webster, and it says an ignoramus or a pupil too stupid to learn. You know, in foreign policy, Brad, there are no uh, friendly countries. Every country is an adversary. Only some are of a higher degree. If China isn't our adversary, I, I don't know who is. You know, yeah, if he he's exactly. unable to determine that. And imagine this, Brad. He knew yesterday what we know today. And what is everybody with any common sense saying? It should have been shot down then. Yeah. What are we oh, waiting yeah. for? There's <laughs> more than enough evidence just by virtue of the fact that the thing is physically there. You know, violating our, our airspace, I don't care whose it is. I don't care if it's China's. I don't care if it's uh, England's. I don't care if it's Russia's. It doesn't matter. Whosoever it is
1: is irrelevant. Knock it down. It's, yeah. And you're a dunce if you don't do it. Well, and like Connie, like Connie said earlier, that's the only way you're going to know what it, what really it is. got to take it down and analyze it and find out what in the world's in it.
2: You could disarm it or whatever, but, but that's that's beside the point. It really should be shot down. Just as uh, here, this is what happens if you try and do this, even if you did it by mistake. Boom, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. We look at yeah, it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And and really and truly, this person who's supposed to be in charge, there's plenty of evidence that points him in the direction of being very unusually friendly. To uh, what is really a, a major adversary of ours, and that's China, and and I, oh. I fear for this nation uh, in that regard. You know, you talked about the southern border. Uh, when do we stop Chinese from coming across the southern border? At uh, what five, ten, a thousand, fifteen hundred? Is are we going to be quizzling then too?
1: Yeah. Uh, Remember, yeah. how many, uh, remember how many Saudis it took to knock down our two biggest buildings in New York, and they were only 11 or 12 be. of them coming across the border.
3: Listen, yeah, we that, gotta,
1: we got to take a quick break. Um, you're absolutely right, though, Tom. We, you know, and the other side of this coin is that if we don't stop anybody coming across our southern border, if we let a quarter of a million a month come across... Why are we concerning ourselves with one balloon? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, it is from an, from a uh, it's somebody that could be classified as a uh, as an organization that we don't want flying across our border, but we don't. I don't think we want a you know quarter of a million people from all kinds of different countries coming across either. Some of them who are on terrorist watch lists. So I don't know. We got to take a break anyway. We'll be right back.
0: Your Twin Ports home for UMD Bulldog Hockey. Shot
4: score! UMD!
0: KDAL.
4: KDAL time is 1225, 6 below. We just got an update from the National Weather Service. It's now 4 below zero, and uh, the winds were calm at the last check, so I think we're out of the worst of this uh, deep freeze that we were in for a short period of time.
1: Oh, that'd be great. UMD Hockey tonight, Brad.
4: Uh, Bruce Siski with the call. 7 o'clock pregame. UMD is hosting Western Michigan tonight, 7 o'clock pregame. Tomorrow, 5.30 pregame, Bulldog Hockey.
1: Some big high school games around the area, too. But we have on the phone with us our latest, newest representative, state representative, Natalie Zeleznikar. Natalie, things are happening so fast down there in uh, St. Paul. Are you able to kind of keep up on some of this stuff?
3: It's like a freight train, Uh, Brad. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, it really is, isn't it? I mean, things are happening faster than than usual years, I think. But just amazing stuff is uh, flying through the you know through the legislative process.
3: Well, it's been. They've said very clearly that they're going to. it, they're going to make it happen. They've got a trifecta and they're going to push the bill through and they've got the vote. So, uh, you know, right now what's that's, that's what we've seen thus far.
1: Yeah. So uh, what has amazed you so far? I mean, I'm, I'm sure this abortion bill would kind of, and I understand that there was about 15 hours of, uh, of questioning and, and, people putting in opinions on it, but it it wasn't able to change it at all. Uh, th- there's a lot of discussion on the radio that uh, all of a sudden we're not Minnesota nice anymore.
3: Well, I think, you know, I, I think what's disappointing to me is I heard a lot in the campaign trail. Let's have people work together. And, the you know, the message I heard from the Democrats is we're going to be one Minnesota. We're going to work together. And I haven't seen that yet. I mean, there there could have been a bipartisan abortion Bill, um, yeah. if they would have done some reasonable amendments and not lined us up with you know Korea and North Korea and China, but that didn't happen, and there could have been a bipartisan energy uh, clean energy bill, um, but they denied all amendments. So now we're going to get rid of coal, nuclear, and natural gas, and I'm getting a lot of uh, people messaging me on that that we live in northern Minnesota. It's 27 below in friedenburg and up north today. So people are worried, and they have good reason to be worried.
1: Yeah, they they do. And, and now there were some in that language. There was a little bit of flexibility, but uh, it, it's almost going to have to be where we're freezing out before they allow that flexibility to take place.
3: Well, I think the the thing that concerns me as much of life is not 100 uh, percent. And when you do a 100 percent mandate and then dismantle everything we built in the state for decades of, you know, to me, an all or none approach does not protect uh, northern Minnesota. So, oh, you know, we have diversified portfolios, and we should have a diversified energy plan, and I don't see this as, as diversified in our best interest. And, you know, yesterday on the House floor, I, you know, they, they, Democrats uh, passed through, and it's going to the Senate and the governor next to have um, felons who haven't finished their – completed their um, parole for the sentence uh, for the crime right. they committed – including murder and rape, they're going to be able to vote now. So, you know, that could have been bipartisan, but it's just they, there's zero amendments they're accepting. So, you know, that's we're going to reap the benefits as they see it. And I see it's going to be you know, a lot of concerns for Minnesotans.
1: I think you're absolutely right. Well, I hope you will continue to check in with us as time goes on. I know that it's got to be happening so fast to make your head spin, but... If you, have, uh, if you have little insights into some of the things that are happening, I don't understand why the emphasis is there to get rid of natural gas. Natural gas is fairly clear burning, clean burning. We have so many people in the Northland hooked up to nat- natural gas. I don't it's either. Gonna take a, it's going to take a major overhaul to change that.
3: Well, in the businesses, you know, the, the implements, you know, things, everything has a cost. So to think that, you know, even though we have a $17 billion, just to think we can spend it all, and it's not going to have implications when we have fewer people entering the workforce, more leaving. And, you know, we're not talking about nursing homes are closing, assisted livings are closing, group homes are closing. We haven't even got to those conversations. And I signed a bill to get Social Security tax ended once and for all, you know, and it, it, getting money back to the people that pay taxes, none of that has been to the governor yet. And so we're dealing with stuff like this right now at a time when people are hurting, and that that concerns me. And it's not that these things can't have a conversation, but there isn't a conversation. It is a trifecta without the conversation, and we're running things through committee at record speed. And um, so, you know, there's not a lot of discussion, which is is not a good way to to govern, in my opinion, for either
1: part. No, it really really isn't. Well, so, listen, thank you once again for checking in with us. We've got our CBS News we're going to have yeah, to grab me. here, but uh, please check in again. Uh, Natalie yeah. Zeleznikar, uh, newest, uh, one of the newest state representatives down there in, uh, in Minneapolis, and she's doing a great job in checking in. Uh, stay warm down there. <laughs> Kenny, we've got to go to CBS News.
4: CBS News brief. Secretary of State Blinken has called off a trip to China next week because of the balloon now over the central part of the country. We know that it's a surveillance balloon, uh, and I'm not going to be able to be more specific than that. Uh, we do know that the balloon has violated U.S. airspace and international law, uh, which is unacceptable. Pentagon spokesman Patrick Ryder, China, insisted it is a civilian research balloon. Sound off with Brad Bennett. Middays on KDAL. Yeah, that's this program, Middays. Boy, that's not too specific, is it? Middays? No. It's on fr- no eleven to two Monday through Friday. I don't know that I've really Thank paid you. attention to that before. We'll have to fix that one. You
1: know, I don't think I don't think I had either, Kenny. Six Not
4: below is the current temperature at the Army Corps of Engineer. Eight below in Eveleth. I wanted to check the bay at Grand Marais. Uh, things got chilly up there. They got down to seventeen below this morning in Grand Marais. Now this is right uh, along the lake, and it is yeah, still nice. one below in Grand Marais. And Bradley, I talked to JServe. We were going to get him on like we normally do this time of the morning, but yeah. he's not feeling well. So I told him, I said, oh. take some time off, you know, and we'll get to him what, next week.
1: He's he got a little flu or a eh, cold? Just feeling what? ill,
4: you know. He didn't sound himself, yeah. and uh, okay. so we'll catch up with him next week. But I well, know we this. Wish
1: you, uh we wish you the best. Get yeah. well.
4: I, I do know this. If you want to yes. call AirServe, it's 218-279-SERV, Thank S-E-R-V. You.
1: Yeah, we may have people out there listening this morning that are thinking I need some work on my I need a little service on my heat system. There you go. Call J Serp. So, Natalie was telling us a little bit about the uh uh this this carbon-free energy bill. This is this is just amazing what they are trying. Well, they're going to ram it down our throat. That's you know, Governor Walls has had this uh uh, exceptionally exciting it uh, makes his uh, spine quiver when he thinks about getting rid of all fossil fuels in the state of Minnesota, like it does with any Democrat. Minnesota would require its electricity to be carbon free by the year twenty forty it's uh it's twenty twenty three right now, so by twenty forty the state's most ambitious clean energy standard ever is uh in the legislation right now legislation the state lawmakers. We're closing to send to Governor Walls on Thursday. Uh, I don't know if it got there for Friday signing or if it's still a little bit in the works. But the state Senate uh, debated the measure Thursday and It was expected to pass the requirement that utilizes where utilities would uh, would meet escalating carbon cuts over the next 17 years. The House passed the bill last week, meaning it now heads to Walls, who has vowed to sign it. The new standard would push utilities in Minnesota to ditch coal, ditch natural gas, and to ditch any other energy source that releases plant-warming gases. A decade earlier than the state's uh, two largest utility uh, retail utilities, XL Energy and Minnesota Power, had planned on. But it allows, as I said, for some flexibility. But you're going to have to really have some special things happen. The the flexibility they're talking about, the electrical companies can appeal to the Public Utilities Commission if ratepayers find it too expensive to make the shift by 2040. And that's what you're going to see happening here, Northlanders, as we go along, is you're going to see the shift over to non-carbon burning utility uh, types, windmills, uh, solar panels, and whatever else they can come up with or develop between now and uh, 2040. But if all of a sudden it moves a little slower than you think, a little more expensive than you think, there uh, isn't there is a, there is a uh, almost like a release valve where the majority of people can write their uh, utility commissions and say, "Wow, this is killing me. I can't keep up with the cost of this." and uh, and they might be able to back off a little bit uh shift some of the costs if carbon free alternatives such as solar and wind aren't reliable enough or can't uh can't do the job economically enough the 2040 standard has been a priority for dfl lawmakers and for Wolves' administration for years lawmakers said it needs they needed to fight a changing climate and to get the state on track to meet promised cuts to greenhouse gas emissions. Along with the carbon-free requirement, the bill would require power companies to meet a renewable energy standard as well. Uh, And here's how that would work. Under the legislation, utilities would have to provide power uh, that is 80% carbon-free by 2030, 90% carbon-free and 55% renewable by 2035 and 100% carbon-free by 2040. Now, there are some exceptions, as I said. Uh, Electric cooperatives, which largely serve rural customers and have uh, signaled concerns about making the switch, will only need to provide about 60% carbon-free uh, by 2030, they will still need to be carbon free by 2040. Uh, cooperatives also have historically been more rel- reliant on coal than XL or Minnesota Power, which plan to end the use of coal within the next 12 years. You know, and again, these some of these could be looked at as pipe dreams. Remember that Germany was going to go off the coal altogether by within the next couple of years. And uh, all of a sudden, when the war between the Ukraine and Russia started, uh, all of a sudden they don't have enough power. And they have reopened coal power plants. In fact, they've got one that they have starting brand new. They've opened up a new coal power plant because they just can't keep up with the electrical and heat needs for their population. So whether we get to that point in Minnesota, Minnesota has been getting rapidly warmer So they say, anyway, of course, you have a hard time swallowing that when it's 17 below zero. But uh, nonetheless, uh, heavy, damaging rains and storms have become more common since 2018. Much of the state has whipsawed between extreme floods and droughts. There is a very real fiscal cost we are already paying for climate change, uh, so said a DFL uh, state senator, Nicole Mitchell Minnesota power utilities have been out of the few sectors, one of the few sectors of the state's economy, to make significant cuts to greenhouse gas emissions, uh, and you know they and they have done that. I mean, we have tried very, very hard to be online with these changes that they're that they're wanting. Getting uh, to where they want to be, though, completely uh, relies on the hope of innovations in clean energy technology. Said State Senator Andrew Matthews, a Republican from down in the Princeton area, uh, and he says, "You know what? With the governor and everybody else hoping for this, hoping for that, hope is not a plan." He said, "That's a, you know a hope you can't burn in your in your fuel system." Uh, Republican senators offered their own plan, which would lift a moratorium on the construction of nuclear power in Minnesota and allow hydroelectric power to count on as renewable energy. We can be good stewards. We can be cleaner. But we have to be affordable and reliable as well, said Jason Rarick, our uh, our senator from down in the Pine City area. Minnesota expects the lights to come on when you turn the switch, and we may get to a point where that cannot be guaranteed. 17 years should be enough time for every power company in the state said Michael Noble executive director of Fresh Energy a St Paul Clean Energy advocacy group there is plenty of time to deploy 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 the known technologies and develop the additional technologies but uh, this the, this is a huge uh, huge hill to climb to make sure and there are like i say there are a few um, you know, a little bit of side streets that we might get to if we're just not moving completely down that line. Bradley. But that's where the
4: state is going. This is, this electric fantasy yeah. to end fossil yeah. fuels, totally change over and eliminate oil, and this, this is what, we when we talk about the, the zealots, the climate yeah. change zealots, I can't even believe we're talking about this stuff.
1: The, this weakens
4: either, our nation. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it certainly will if we can't come up with other alternatives. There's always the chance that, you know, somewhere along the line, we could develop a hydrogen cell or a water technology of some kind. We don't, there are yeah. Parts, but, you know, but that's just a hope. That's not for sure. Yeah. I. I this is,
4: oh, God, I. I... I I can't even believe we're talking about this stuff. I know. It's a fantasy. These are zealots. President Biden et al., those that are wrapped up in this, and I know they have a term called climate deniers. They're climate zealots, Brad. Yeah. And they they are stuck on this. They might want
1: to call us deniers, but they're zealots. You're absolutely right.
4: (laughs) They are stuck on this uh, so-called science that the Earth is warming, and if it goes up another 1.5 degrees Celsius, it's too late. They think they can actually stop this and get us back to, like Tim from Two Harbors said a long time ago, what is the temperature the Earth needs to be at? Yeah, what is the normal? Who sets, normal or wh- who yeah, sets who the sets thermostat? Who sets the thermostat? Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I'll tell you. It, it, it's... It is amazing. And when we come back after our Minnesota news break here, I'm going to tell you about another story that's really bizarre. Some of you have heard about this already, I'm sure, but you might not know the whole outcome of this. You know, we have discovered a a great deal of uh, earth minerals in and around the Tamarack, Minnesota area, down around Carlton and somewhere in that general range anywhere. It's called Talons, and it's a proposed mine. But, of course, there's... uh, there's all those naysayers right away that when you start talking about a mine they say oh no we could be polluting our streams and our creeks and our so because of that they have decided to split this mine from the processing facility and, I, and i'm going to get into this a little deeper when we come back after our minnesota news break so let let's do that let's take our minnesota news and then we'll come back with more <laughs> I'm just sitting here reminiscing Wondering who you've been kissing Baby oh, oh, baby I've been wondering all around There must be a new guy in town You don't love me anymore I'll get old Although my heart's still sore. Well, you know my heart still sore. KDAL time,
4: 1253. The one, the only, Buddy Holly. It was 64 years ago in the early morning of February 3rd, 1959, that Buddy's plane crashed and he died
1: 64 years ago. Man, it doesn't seem like that. That's just incredible. So, so Kenny, tell me about this note you just sent me on instant messenger. Uh, yeah, we have old
4: timer Rod on the phone, and Rod, uh, tell Brad and his listeners what you told me.
0: My my grandson lives up there in Warba, and they've got electric dual fuel in their in their home. And this morning at five o'clock, because of demand, the power went off until nine o'clock this morning. So, wow, so, uh, you know uh, our infrastructure and and. These power companies without coal and, and natural gas, they cannot keep up. There's no way they're going to possibly be able to keep up. You know, and the infrastructure won't handle it if everything is going all the cars and trucks and everything, uh, farm machinery, if they expect all that to go on to electric. There, there's no, way, no possible way in this world that, the, uh, that by 2040 they'll be able to go total electric. Uh, the, those people are crazy.
1: See, I hope people are understanding what Rod is saying here because, Kenny, he's absolutely right. You know, it's one thing to look at. We're going to change our entire electrical grid as it sits today from coal and natural gas and other things to winds and and solar. But at the same time, we're also going to be adding literally millions of cars and vehicles and buses to the electrical grid to to charge them, and that's going to add to the demand even more. There's no way we're. I I don't. I'm just like Rod. I don't think there's any way we're going to be able to keep up unless there is some huge um, discovery that comes down the pike that we haven't really even thought of yet. Well, so, it's,
4: it's a fantasy, yeah. Brad. It really is to think that windmills and solar panels and Starbucks uh, frappuccinos will save the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy.
1: It's an unreal it, it, expectation. It's a mirage. It is. Is Rod still there by any chance? Actually, he is. Yeah. Yes, Rod. So, what happens up in Warbaugh? Now, this is right outside of Grand Rapids, right? Kind of in that right. area. Right. Right. Oh, okay. So, what do they have to switch to? Do they go to? Uh, do they have? Do they have wood burning, or well, what's their if alternative?
0: You if you don't have any other, I'll, I'll, alternative like wood or propane or or uh, or, or else they just plug in uh, uh, heaters on, and on their regular on the regular uh, line because you don't lose your sure. electricity completely all you lose is your your heating ability right when you have dual fuel so if you wow. don't have some other backup but then when you go when you go if you just plug in other electrical units, you know the price goes way up on the on the electricity that you're purchasing too you know so oh sure, sure so, it does so this, and uh you know for for especially for older people you know and and uh it's 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 hurting a lot of people right now, even you well, know
1: they, and, and like you say on the one of the coldest nights of the year or the coldest mornings of the year, that's when the demand is so high, and that's when it shuts everybody off. And that's when people have to scurry. Hope they have. Uh, and not everybody is uh, is able to have a propane backup or or something like that to be able to fall back on. Um, this is boy. Well, I'll tell you what, Rod. Thank you so much for letting us know this. We, you know, and I think he's absolutely right. When you start thinking about it, the same time that they're doing this, the same time they're trying to take us off of natural gas, off of coal, off of nuclear. They're also putting all the vehicles and buses and other things onto the electrical grid, the same electrical grid that we'll try to heat our homes with. its I just don't see how it's gonna happen uh, under the current structure anyway, unless, like I say, there's always that potential that they might develop something uniquely different. But boy, it's a, it's a pipe dream, it's a wish.
4: Yeah, it, it is a
1: wish. Uh, well, there, there, you,
4: twenty-seven below was the morning low this morning in Grand Rapids. By the way, minus twenty-seven. Wow. Now there were some colder well, temperatures and, out there, but
1: and and like that one congressman said when they were having the debate yesterday: dreams don't heat the home. Yes. Wishes and dreams don't work. And um, one of my favorite eggs in
4: moonshine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh man. Well, listen, we're uh, we're just about out of time here for this hour, so I'm going to have to get into the story about the Talon Mine when we come back with hour number three. But uh, stay warm out there. Don't forget, we will end the show today, like we do every Friday, with taps. And I think we've got what Kenny four people, I think, right now. I think that's what it is. Anyway, we'll be back shortly with hour number three.